to the ESBC podcast network where the purpose of the podcast I always say it is to make me money and I say that because so many uh, podcasts uh, major networks major mainstream media lie to you gaslight you manipulate you giving you false information 95% of wealth managers suck. 80% of business consultants suck, right? Uh, Your parents, they told you that the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus were real, none of which is true. So that's why I wanted to have the podcast in a way to keep me sane because I don't have a monopoly on the truth, but it's what my perception of the truth is and information that I can monetize so I can pay for my expensive lifestyle here in Southern California. And that is the bottom line. Grew up with Howard Cosell, right? Tell it like it is from your perception. So every single podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and a specific outcome that you can track and measure to put money in your pocket. This podcast, chats it. He loves it. It's the best. Uh, Scott likes it too, man. He's on every week. Absolutely. And it comes straight from learning from Anna, my wife, psychotherapist, 17 years. Nobody, her colleagues are like, my kids, not seeing anybody but you, right? She's a regional director for psychotherapy. But I learn a lot. In the hour, she comes home. And my own reading, I read Albert Ellis and psychotherapy before that i have a master's degree securities licenses clients that worth 50 million 20 million right so you learn a lot so this is the long-winded renee descartes podcast so what renee descartes was a philosopher that said that if you do not examine your life it's not worth living right another thing hawthorne effect that i use with clients in my business concierge firm when they want to take their businesses to the next level we do the hawthorne effect but that is and we'll put a link to it academic style whatever you track and you measure you improve its performance by 10 to 20 percent same thing with um my fitness pal whatever you, you track your food whatever it is whatever you track and you measure you improve its performance by 10 to 20 percent Another thing, if you're a sports better and you're always making an excuse of why you got a bet wrong, you're not going to learn from it. Stop blaming the refs. Stop blaming the coach or the player or bad luck. Maybe you don't have 
a process is good enough. Maybe you made a mistake, right? There, that book that's red and yellow is decision science that I use to pick stocks to help my clients analyze an investment, right? What's used by major Fortune 15 companies. I use that process among statistics, amongst other things, come up with the right picks, collaboration. So if you want to get to the level that we're at, that we're over $100,000 in profit, right? Again, revenue is BS. Uh, whatever, you, oh, you go to your company meeting, oh, we made this much in revenue. Who cares? It's BS. Why Shark Tank? Only two things are important in business, profit and free cash flow. So our profit has been over $100,000. The average American makes 53000 The way we can get there is because of our process. And we also do, as part of the network and the process we have, first aid, first aid mental health kit. I'm not a psychotherapist like my wife, but I can put a mental health band-aid on you. We have Motivational Mondays with Jim Coventry who's on VSIN now with Brent Musburg, Roto. But we take it away from it and we, and we apply our life lessons, right? That we give to you. And part of it is that 80% of the people in jail is because they cannot confront their feelings and be honest, it's father knows best. So you have to feel the stupidity of your decision when you made a bad pick, the humiliation, the embarrassment. Uh, I have a guy, independently wealthy guy, who I was working out with, and he was he was hearing me talking to myself, right? And I was saying to myself, this is around maybe 15, 20 years ago, torture yourself or someone else will. So we're going to torture ourselves on this podcast. We're going to feel the embarrassment. We're, we're going to feel like a dumbass that we are sometimes when we make a decision in order to learn from it and monetize it. And Scott and I are getting old. So we have to realize, okay, how is the world changing? How is it that we have to adapt? Adapt, change, or you're going to get crushed. You're going to get killed if you don't understand. If you don't understand your surroundings, it's basic. You are going to die. You're going to get killed, man. You got to watch out. I was with an active shooter in Atlanta. I could have been hit with a ricochet and killed right? Trying to visit the in-laws in Methland, Florida. So we use business and financial concepts in order to bet, wager on the games, short-term investment, short-term option. One huge, probably the biggest, and we see it in the NFL a lot, with McDermott, all right? Uh, if you are the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So we got two guys here who are a lot smarter than I am. I've grown to find out. A lot more savvier than I am. Uh, a lot more cooler than I am. Scott from the Northeast, Real Diversity. I'm the president of the Orange County Diversity Council with Dennis Kennedy. He's the national guy. We're going to get him on the podcast in the offseason, right? Former DB, uh, Houston uh, Cougars, friends with uh, uh, 
uh, 44, right? Obama, uh, Dennis Kennedy, National Diversity Council. So I might even have a little bit of different definition of what it is, but I have the money-making definition of diversity, right? And it's not just race, it's not just gender, not disability. It's really what it's always been in business, being pragmatic and having an open mind, regional diversity. So we got a lot of all kinds of diversity here, but we also have regional diversity. We have Scott from the Northeast, and then we have uh, Superstar for your Las Vegas Knights. His brother should have been in New York with Bryce Young for the Heisman Trophy. It doesn't matter, he's gonna get drafted and he's gonna have a longer career and make more money than Bryce Young. His brother Chance, the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers. We'll go Scott, then Chad. First words, Hawthorne effect. Great to be here. As uh, per usual, last half dozen weeks since I've been on this, um, you know, the season's winding down here, but there's still a lot of money left to be had on the table. So um, talk about this, recover from our mistakes that we made, hopefully go into tomorrow night and uh, learn from what we talked about today. So again, a lot of money to be had on the table. So let's go get it. Yeah, no, one of the big rules in business, do not leave money on the table. We've had 30 straight weeks. So that's compound interest. One week compounds on the other one to uh, compound interest, whether instead of paying your credit card compound interest, you're paying yourself money and it's the highest and best use of your time. We're going to get the newsletter out. It's going to have a whole glossary on stuff. Uh, so terms that we said, we're not going to define them as we have. You can listen to the past, past podcast, which I encourage you to do. Super Bowl podcast we do because you're not worried about the outcome. You're listening to the wise. And you're not only learning how to bet on games. You're also learning how to invest. My favorite listeners right now are the ones that are listening purely for business reasons and don't even like sports. First word, Chad Nolan. Yeah, man, uh, another solid week in the profit. Uh, we've been pretty consistent right there, you know, high 50, 60 percent. Um, now I'm ready for an 80 percent week. I think we can really have a, a just a, a huge week coming up here soon. So this is the way to do it is the Hawthorne effect and reflecting on all the games we got wrong. So. Message here. Jody's on that. Yes. Uh, I've had a 90% week before. <laughs> so I wanted to get us to be 30 out of 32, right? Uh, last week we were 18 and 14 as a consensus, right? Uh, to be honest, I'm always honest. I hate that phrase. So why am I even saying it? Because I'm always honest. I, I have a fiduciary responsibility. They throw me in jail if I'm not honest. Do no harm, right? So a better say, way of saying it, to be frank, it is higher because on the live stream, um, Scott was on fire with like the Jacksonville team total under and a couple other picks. All I know is that whatever he said, I bet it, and they all hit. <laughs> so 
you take 18, you divide it into 32. 32, and that is 56.25, 52.5% is break even. It's our 30th week in a row of profit, which is good and bad. <laughs> it's good and bad, but it is even more conclusive proof, even if you uh, uh, didn't need it, that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny do not exist. And who wins the election? The ones that are counting the votes, my friends. All right, I, I didn't make that up. That's a, uh, I gotta get uh, uh, Jim Coventry. He's an expert in literature too, to come out who came up with that, with that quote, but it is in literature. So we go, we'll do all of them, the ones we got wrong, right? Uh, since we're not gonna get into defining the terms, we'll be able to brutalize ourselves and dis differentiate bad pick or bad luck. Because the improbability theory and decision science back there Right, it's taught at Stanford, used by the Fortune Five, uh, Fortune uh, Top Five companies. Peter Thiel, right, uh, from PayPal and uh, the Tesla and all those companies, right? He uses decision science. Bad luck or bad pick? That's what I'm going to ask these guys. So Pittsburgh plus four, New Orleans. Uh, we got the over 43, the game that usually would go under, but we missed on Pittsburgh plus four. We'll uh, go Chad, then Scott. Bad pick or bad luck? We're dif differentiating the games we got wrong because we didn't execute the process. Got the book back there, execution. Or in probability theory, the highest level you can get is 80%. That's why people, oh, this is a lock. This is a certainty. There is no such thing as a certainty. There's a high probability up to 80%. There's an 80% chance of rain, right? Or is that that 20% bad luck or, or is it us? Do we have to look in the mirror and say, hey, you left money on the table. You made a bad decision for yourself and for your family. And you put yourself and your family in jeopardy with bad decision making. Chad, that Pittsburgh pick. Um, you know, I, I, I do think um, we undervalue the Vikings here for sure uh, at home. You know, they're still competing for a playoff spot in the NFC. NFC is a little lighter record-wise. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers had a chance. I mean, the ball hit, 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 hit the receiver's hands in the end zone, which would have covered. Right. Um, you know, and if Claypool didn't have that little incident at the end of the game that cost him about 20 seconds, they probably would have had about two more plays from the 12-yard line. So, um, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, but I really think Pittsburgh could have easily covered that those four points. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Chad. I mean, Pittsburgh was in scramble mode to get back in the game. They were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were thoroughly dominated the first half by Dalvin Cook. The only guy that dominated them, they they could not stop Cook the, the whole first half, and then they got it. And then they got it together as soon as they came out of the locker room. All of a sudden, it, it was a different Pittsburgh team. And like Chad said, guy catches the pass in the end zone, 
you know, even if they don't make the two-point conversion, we still would have covered and won the game. So um, I think it's a little of both. I, I think the, uh, you know, the Big Ben era is coming to an end in Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, he's going to be putting a little bit more pressure on himself to win these these games and get him in the playoffs. So uh, that's something you got to look at, too, coming down the stretch here in terms of their schedule and, and, and Big Ben himself because the rumor is going around he's done after this year in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of this game, I think it was a little of both. I think if Fryer moves catches the ball in the end zone, you know, they lose 36, 34, probably or 36, 33 or whatever. And we cover. So um, that's my take on that game. I agree. And then looking at me and my thinking, uh, Having a dinner with a uh, uh, a guy in the front office in the NFL, what struck me was that I was screwing up, uh, not doing what something Anna teaches, right? It's something you have to do during Christmas. You have to do it now. You need to stop things and be mindful and be present and be in the moment. And I say it all. I need to follow my own advice. If you live in the past, you die in the past. These are not the 2019 Pittsburgh, Minnesota. This is not uh, Zimmer when he was defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. And this is not maybe what they'll be next year. These are this year's teams. So now at this case, all right, you got measure of the man. Don't invite an idiot to a drug deal, right? You got to measure people. You got to read people fast. Minnesota, right? So as we define Minnesota moving forward with Zimmer's son as the defensive coordinator, even though they suck, even though they they are a uh, horrible uh, borderline criminal organization, well, he, the, the owner of the team owes a lot of taxes. And I can't disclose it. I can't disclose clients. It's against the law, whatever. Yep. But people send me stuff about the owner of the Vikings during the offseason, right? Uh, so th- what does that mean for football? What does it mean for Ben, Josh? What it means is that the man's a cheap-ass uh, POS who doesn't want to pay for backups. And no matter what scheme, even though he knows how to deal with cheap organization. Cincinnati, they're not that bad. Zimmer is crazy. And Anna will tell you that the older you get, the, your problems increase with age, your cognitive abilities, right? That's why they made Trump and Biden the cognitive test. Some lady needs to give Zimmer a cognitive test. He has one of his kids' buddies get a 15-yard penalty that loses in the Baltimore game for unnecessary roughness by an intern, right? So he, even with a bad defense, sometimes people can figure it out, not him. So good job by us with the over. And Tomlin is the other side of it. Keeps himself in good shape. He's won a Super Bowl with an organization that because they're a family-run organization. Now I've known this, and on Tuesdays, especially after – the offseason is a financial podcast, right? So we kind of mentioned in all the podcasts, we mentioned the finance, stock market, CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox News part 
of the NFL, which is a <laughs> commercial real estate company, not a football company. So to that end, family-owned teams like the Roonies take out loans on the teams so they don't pay any taxes, right? Johnson with the Jets and the guy with Minnesota, they've been... Um, and what I'll do, too, is I'll put in the beginning of the Hawthorne Effect, Mike Gill, as he explains it. Now, Mike Gill, independently wealthy guy who disappeared, but he told the truth. And part of the truth is the guys like Johnson and the guy from Minnesota, they're paying off FBI agents. They're paying off judges. And they're not paying taxes. What it means to us as sports bettors is that they do not want to pay for backups and deaths, right? And they don't want to, and this is going to be important now moving forward, they do not want to pay travel costs for playoff games. So to that end, Tomlin's the opposite. And man, did he, and this is a pattern now, right? Guys, we, we do pattern recognition, okay? A lot of my intelligence isn't natural intelligence. It's uh, brutal hard work. And pattern recognition is very needed for it to pass uh, the bar exam and financial tests. So Tomlin, first game out of the season, embarrassed and outcoached McDermott. And we just saw last Monday night, literally, uh, maybe Belichick's gotten old or whatever, but Belichick literally cannot stop himself from laughing and mocking McDermott. It's Tom that I've coached in first game of the season as well. So I thought that was a good pick. Uh, Double-digit dogs in the division cover 80% of the time. You almost bet them blindly. But this year, they're 50%. Most sports betters are 20%. And two of the losses were ridiculous. This one was, on my part, Again, man, I'm making the same. You can't make the same mistakes over and over and over again. So I'm going to have to do something different. I'm going to have to put a sheet on here. I'm going to write it so I don't remember, so I don't forget, right? Uh, five of the last double-digit dogs in the division that I have lost, the coaches have been Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. So... I think I have some data involved. The double-digit dogs in the division, even though they cover 80% of the time, that rule maybe doesn't apply to Andy Reid. It didn't apply this week. I should have known that. Again, so that's one mistake I'm making. The other mistake that I'm making, that I'm being an idiot moron about, right? Or uh, as Anna would call me, a dumbass fat fuck on... That's Anna's words, not mine. Is uh, living in the past, right? Coach, co coaching, coaching mismatch, coach, coaching mismatch here. Uh, Vasasha was on the phone with. Maybe I'm aware of him in the decision because I had a conversation with. He wanted to be coach at USF on the alumni heads. And he told me some stuff, and I'm like, Coach, man, I was also, I was also tutoring English to coach. Recruits, we're gonna recruit like the SEC, but I'll just leave it at that. But that's Masashi. I kind of like the guy, he's a, he's a really good guy. I should have known that, right? To know 
and not to do is not to know. So I really don't know it. I really don't believe in it. I have to, to get me to 70, 80%, right? So I blew this completely. And then religious hypocrisy. I'm not as religious as my parents. My dad's a minister, 87 years old. Still to this day, 200 people are going, listening to what he has to say. Me, I'm not. I'm not as religious as, as my parents or my family. However, if when I had the restaurant, if one of my employees got a DUI, got in trouble, uh, they were trying to sell drugs, they got busted, or they were a drug addict and they wanted to be in recovery, what I did was I made sure they got to court because Woody Allen, a pedophile, <laughs> crazy world we live in, but Woody Allen, the pedophile, said, the showing up is 80%. So I made sure they showed up to court. I made sure they showed up to the NA meetings. So car, and it's not a religious, it is not me being philanthropic. It's not being a nice guy because really, to be truth known, I'm pretty much an asshole. But the reason I did it was because the effort I got from everybody else in the restaurant. Almost everybody who now who worked for me in the restaurant owns their own restaurant. Truth be known that 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 uh, some of the best chefs are drug addicts, like the CNN guy who killed himself. But we had some ex-drug addicts from the restaurant who now own the restaurants and send me checks for royalties that I don't cash, right? Because you teach the man to fish, you feed him for a day, you teach him how to fish, right? they can fish for a lifetime. So everybody in that restaurant knows how to run and own a restaurant. And by me going to court with them, by me making sure they went to their NA meetings, what happened? I got so much extra effort, so much concentration from my employees, right? That we were a successful restaurant. Carr is not making sure Ruggs gets to court. Even though he's a professed Christian, he loves them. He has the resources to do that. Why isn't your boy going to court if you're such a Christian, holy roller guy? Most people that profess their Christianity in public are frauds and hypocrites. So for that, for many reasons, the Kansas City Chiefs were going to blow out the Raiders because they're not going to put that effort on the road. Remember with Sasha, his headsets, like Brent Musburger says, nobody's talking to him. He's a special teams coach. Bradley and Wilson are looking Olson are looking for other jobs. They can make more money in college as offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators in college than the Raiders can make. Because remember, the Raiders accounting team should be in jail because they got fired for cheating. Their head coach didn't get fired for X's and O's. He got fired for, for social justice. That's why our record right now, uh, we'll get uh, Justin to give confirmation, we're almost, we're over 60%, 62%. Week, uh, every week we're hitting profit consistently. In a crazy, insane NFL year, this is, maybe other years have been crazy. And then the front office guy was telling me, you couldn't believe other craziness going on. So uh, as a team here, there's no I in team. Uh, we all got it wrong. So we'll go Scott and Chad, except... I got the over 48, Scott had under 48, and Chad had over 48. 
All right. So we'll go Scott, then uh, Chad. Hawthorne. So as long as Gus Bradley is the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, they're not beating the Chiefs. He does not. His defensive philosophy does not, is not conducive to stopping Mahomes um, and Kansas City from scoring. And it happened again. I mean, you got it right. You picked KC nine point five. I picked KC simply because of that that reason. Yeah. Um, As soon as Jacobs fumbled that ball and the KC guy ran it in the end zone, I knew my point over under was screwed because I I knew Kansas City was going to score. I didn't think they'd score forty, but I thought the Raiders would at least score seventeen in the game. Right. And they didn't. I think once Kansas City got up by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I don't know what happened with Derek Carr just packed it in and said it ain't happening today or or what. But um, he does not play that that cover two shell against Tyreek and those receivers, right. and that burns them every time that they play Kansas City because Mahomes has trouble with the cover two shell. He does not have trouble with the Raiders. If you go back and look at the history of Kansas City against the Raiders right. since Mahomes has got there they're consistently putting up 30 points every game against them. So um, I thought it would just barely get on, get under the 48. It didn't simply because Kansas city exploded and they went, they went nuclear in that game. Um, You know, and then before the game, I saw a clip, the Raiders all huddled at midfield on the chiefs logo and started to dance and all that other stuff. And, And Mahomes saw that. And he even said after the game that didn't help the Raiders either that the Chiefs wanted to go out and, and blow them out that much more. So right. um, the over-under was was bad luck because if you take that uh, fumble recovery away from a touchdown and the Raiders show up at least a little bit defensively, right? Chiefs are putting high 20s up, which means that under goes under. You know, it, it doesn't go over, but um, but the side was the side was was gold for me in that instance. The over-under was was unforeseen in that situation. So um, that's my thought. It's, it's, it's bad luck on the over under for me. So. Right. Well, I think for me and Chad can two things for Chad, right? Because Chad and I have talked about this extensively in the past because Chad is a wide receiver, right? When he was playing in college would have a clear advantage over the DB, but the coach wanted to run the system instead of doing a pro stop, just going to Chad 10 times and winning that football game, right? Coaches, uh, it's same thing in the corporate world, right? I was, I was, somebody was having me break down the game, right? And we're sending messages back and forth. In the corporate world and anywhere, people get promoted to their level of incompetency. Just because somebody has a job making a lot of money does not mean they're smart. Also, ability to be able to pivot, change. 95% of people can't change, especially people who are impulsive. Uh, we got videos on that. And changing game plan like, like Gus Bradley and changing into what, because this is a detail, right? The devils are always in the details. Every time I've gotten a big client, who's a big deal, uh, the people that lost attack details. They go over details to file a lawsuit 
to try to ruin my credibility and get the client, right? That's why you have to have clients so close and have cross every T and dot every I to beat their ass in court. And same on attorney's fees, because I'll, I'll defend myself. I know everything's going on. So detail about the air raid, right? The air raid in the NFL, you do bring in 22 personnel. You bring a, a fullback and a tight end. However, as we had Brent, uh, uh, Ben Rathlaff, who's going to be playing for Western Kentucky, in the Boca Raton Bowl Marshall on Saturday. His offensive coordinator, Kitty, is now the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. His best friend is Clingsbury, the head coach at your Arizona Cardinals. So we know the air raid from the inside out because of Ben Ratzlaff's uh, knowledge. We have those podcasts up. But the key, right, regardless of the personnel you have in, the key to the air raid and the key to the Chiefs air raid is that the receiver and the quarterback each have two plays in their head. Quarterback actually has three, right? So they look at the fronts. On the fly, they both read the defenses at the same time, and once the receiver, and Chad's been a receiver too, once you read that defense, you look for the ball, right? They cheat a little, they give each other signals, guys that are stupid like A.J. Green, right? Probably needs the extra coaching on, on what that defense is, right? So regardless of the personnel, that process is still the same. Gus Bradley didn't adjust to it. Raheem Morris did. Raheem Morris got the win. You rush three, you drop eight, but you do zone blitz that Todd Bowles did in the Super Bowl and won. So that defense against the air raid, but you have to have athletes. They, they know how to disguise the defense they're in and be able to do a zone blitz where the defensive end goes way back and acts like a linebacker goes into coverage maybe a speed guy is rushing, or maybe they've seen the line splits in the first half. And then the second half, they see a line split and they have a guy with Chad Nolan speed 4-4 as my safety, hitting that gap and crushing our quarterback. What are your thoughts on that, Chad Nolan? Yeah, on on that Raiders game, a huge coaching mismatch. Um, you know, like you mentioned that, you know, Reed and Belichick are the, are the two water, uh, very similar to a few weeks back when, uh, Belichick just whomped the jets and we just saw a huge coach coaching mismatch there in that game. Um, so yeah, just, yeah, we de- definitely, definitely missed that. I think I was too caught up on the double digit dog of the division and, uh, it, uh, I mean, did Definitely was uh, the, the Chiefs in this one all the way. That's a bad, bad pick on the red. Yeah, should, even yeah, even though that's why you do not bet blindly on that. And I overestimated to Olsen and Bradley, who we talked about. 
Uh, I really do think now that I think about it, that those guys are interviewing other places for other jobs at this point. Because usually Olsen has plays in the first half to set up for the second half. And he didn't do this in this game. Right. And, the, you know, they might have protested uh, the, the logo and and they're like, why am I doing Rich Bichashia any any favors? Right. Uh, we executed with New Orleans mismatch, cheap organization where the owner owns taxes. And we won three times, uh, three sides of that bet with New Orleans. Uh, Jacksonville, another double digit dog in the division. Uh, under 44. I, the same way, you know, you never bet on your own, own team because you, overestimate decisions. Um, I remember the NBA finals where there were reports where Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton were begging their teammates to play hard in the finals, right? Guys like Scott and I that are our age, we can't even imagine. The guy's playing in the finals and doesn't want to play hard, right? They don't understand it. They don't understand it. Don't understand it at all. Right. So uh I don't understand how bad uh Trevor Lawrence is. Right. So he's really, really bad. Uh Urban Myers had it, left him on the field on fourth down, and he threw four interceptions. I don't feel bad about that because how can you process a quarterback being that bad? Now I'm forward. I have to learn my decision. This guy should not be in the in the NFL. He's a horrible uh, high school quarterback who shouldn't be in there. We'll go Scott and then Chad. Yeah, I mean, I took Tennessee strictly because of, of this turmoil in Jacksonville right now. I think the uh, the turmoil is is really affecting the on field play of this of this team. Plus, Trevor Lawrence probably would have been best served to sit behind somebody for a year and learn. I know he's the number one pick. I know he's, you know, you got to get the, the number one pick on the field. But he's just, he's regressed. And that coaching staff has done that team no favors. Uh, their best player gets six carries that entire ball game, And that's, to me, that's just a no-go. Um you know, I I really got to look at Jacksonville the rest of the year, and and if they're even going to cover any spread the rest of the year, to not score many points in games the rest of the year, I don't believe, uh, strictly because that coaching staff does not have the best um, best thoughts and best intentions in games. So, I mean, they're resting guys. I mean, they're pulling guys from mistakes. So. That's where my head's at. I mean, I got Tennessee and I got the under, which you knew was going to happen. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I got I was I was on both of those. Tennessee minus eight and the under. I, I was on both of those, I believe. So I don't I don't yeah. have any misses on that game. Nice. Good job. Tennessee in the under. I like I actually like what Urban Meyer's doing. He's laying down the law on these guys, and uh, there's just there's just way too much turmoil in that organization right now. Yeah. Just way too much. I mean, it, it's hard to even pick them. Their quarterback's not even giving them half a chance to win, and no. he's 
he's benching the best player, which is their running back, Robinson. So I, you know, I agree with you. It's, it's good to send a message to players, but, um, but now you got players leaving, leaving practice and being begged to come back in terms of Marvin Jones, I heard, and a couple other right. guys. So you just, you just can't, you just can't put your team in a, in a situation where I'm going to make one mistake and get benched. It's, it's just hard to do that. It's just hard to do that. What's going on is, uh, and, and it's good for this year to look at, it, right? But Urban Meyer, uh, he has a degree in psychology. He's a psychologist. And Trent Balky, so what he's doing is he is setting up Trent Balky's players. So these guys want to leave the Trent Balky guys because at the end of the day, Urban Meyer's a control freak maniac. He just wants his guys in there. Uh, the James Robinson situation is they're down by 20 points and he's still in a game with a hurt ankle. Yeah. No way. And Murray Myers, like, I don't give an F. At least he's being honest with it. I don't give an F about your ankle. <laughs> yeah. If you're out there, you're playing. And he said to a guy that I know that knows him, he said that the team chemistry is perfect with his guys. Trent Balky's guys can have fought, right? So eventually what he wants to be is like Belichick and Reed, where he's the general manager too, and he's using his psychology and manipulation skills to get Trent Balky out of there. Who did that too, right? Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh tried that, and then Harbaugh gets uh, fired, goes to Michigan, and then Trent Balky hires Chip Kelly, right? He always goes to college. They have two losing years, and now he's in Jacksonville. Hey, you got to do your research, man, to see the mess that's going on. Also, tanking. Seems like tanking teams are only playing on one side of the ball. So Houston and Jacksonville are only playing on one side of the ball, and they're almost like Belichick and Reed with double-digit dogs in the division. I got to adjust, right? It's a new NBA where players don't want to play hard in the – the, and, you know, from an MBA, from a securities license standpoint, from a math standpoint, tanking is stupid. No, don't have to look longer than Ben Simmons. Sixers tank to get Ben Simmons, and now Ben Simmons doesn't want to play for So you're not getting the value of your tanking. All right. Cleveland and the over, good job. We got both sides of that. We're all over that. You've got to look at your wins too. Were your wins luck? Right? Or or whatever. That was a good pick. That was Cleveland all the way. Cleveland should have won by more. I was listening to both radios, right? Uh Atlanta. What's going on with Atlanta? Are they trying to tank? Or are they trying to get a mid-level pick? Um, it seems like they're trying to tank and it's not working out because the teams they're playing are worse than they are. Well, look who they played this week, too. It's Carolina. They're they're in disarray completely, too. So that's another team. I mean, right. even Chad, Chad said it on the on last Wednesday. I'll take the team that's getting the plus three. That that was that was the you know, that was that was a great pick. Yeah, that you take the team that two poor teams you take the team that's getting the, they're getting the points <laughs> right uh 
we, what we missed on that one was how bad the Carolina defense is. It used to be good. They've been on the field too long, right? Uh, and that Panthers defense is giving up a lot of points. Falcons are average, so it's a bad pick on my part. I should have picked the over. What do you think about that game? The Falcons, 29. The Panthers, uh, 21. And you worked out with Cam Newton. Uh, you notice his body breaking down. It takes him a long time to warm up. And Cam Newton was 15 to 20, 423. One very costly interception. He ran it 10 times for 47 yards, which is not too bad. What do you think, Chad Nolan? Yeah, I think, yeah, we really missed this one with the under. I think both of these defenses have been on the field a lot this year. Um, and, yeah, you're just kind of seeing – and it's not just these teams, too. I mean, it's a common – I think you're seeing a lot of games go just over late as a trend as defenses are starting to break down this year as a whole. So, yeah, I think um, – even though these teams are were weaker offensively, I think the 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 defensive breakdown made it an even playing field where these teams were gonna both you know be able to get to twenty four points each. So, yeah, bad pick on the under there for sure. Yeah, bad pick on the other. Uh, Washington against Dallas, right? Washington and Dallas. I watched that game. I had Dallas, uh, had Washington on the money line, Washington plus four. Uh, the under 48 hit. Uh, I do not feel bad about this game at all. I, I think I, we bet it spot on. Uh, we just I got, Was- I got Washington at plus seven. I got Washington at plus seven. You got Washington plus seven. Whoa. Yeah. Would yeah you remember this? Man, we talked Sunday morning, minute, Josh. Yeah. Man, we talked Sunday morning. The spread went up from four to six and a half. Right. Yeah. Right. Six and a half. I bought a half point and got it at seven. Yeah, yeah. So I got it at seven, too. So I actually. This is a push. push. Yeah. Push. We pushed on that one. So one, one and one. We lost the money line, but uh, got the under, right? Uh, yeah. Under 48. 48. We got it was forty seven was the total point. Yeah, so under hit lost the money line and a push. So that was a we one one and one on the consensus picks on that game. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, Heineken made so we, at the end. You know, so we were one and one. We went nineteen and thirteen last week, not eighteen and fourteen. Right. So we did even better. We we got to the sixty percent, I think, which is which is great. It's ridiculous. Find somebody out there who's giving away picks for free at a 60% clip. Yeah. And people say margins, right? Margins. uh, We're going to get them up there, man. We last two years on the podcast, we've been 64, 65%, which is really good margins over 52.5. We'll get there. We'll try to get it a little higher. Of course, college football, we're way above 52.5. So 19 and 14. 19 and 13. 19 and 13. And I, and I, and I have to stop being uh, complacent because I see the bankroll blowing up in two or three different places. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't have to be as detail-oriented, but yeah, you do. So 
1913. 59.3%. 59.4. 59.4. All right. So. We'll, we'll wait. These are unofficial reports. We'll wait for the official count. And uh, and that, that Washington-Dallas game, me and you were tweeting back and forth. Washington had a chance at the end to tie the game and send it to overtime. Oh, yeah. You know, they probably should have. probably should have. Yeah. Tired defense. Yep. So I don't feel bad about it at all. We, we hit it pretty good. No. Uh, no. This one is Josh being a dumb, dumbass. Tanking teams like Jacksonville, Houston, the double digit dog in the division should not apply. And Houston's defense, they actually played well. They've been just on the field too long. And, you know, it was a Pete Carroll special all the way. Coaches like Carroll, Belichick, Tomlin, they all get into certain games where they're like, okay, we're going to play everything basic. And we're just going to wait for the other team to make mistakes. And Houston started making mistakes late in the first half, second half, and uh, went over the total. So I completely blew that bad pick on my part. We'll go Scott, then Chad. We had that game pegged simply because Pete Carroll ran the ball a ton. Right. The only problem was Houston was giving up holes as big as Matt truck fit throughs and Rashad Penny went nuts. Right. So we had the philosophy of the game down pat, um, but Houston just didn't want to cooperate in terms of, in terms of that game. Well, watching that game, too, there was an obvious call that the rest made. You can draw your own conclusions, right? I'm just going to, like a journalist, pointer to student media studies that graduated, Don Banks, Hall of Fame NFL writer, mentored me, Micah Banks, we had him on the podcast, right? So I'll mm -hmm. go straight up old school, Dan Rather, Kite, journalist. There was an obvious missed call by the referee. And Houston was fighting hard on defense. Davis Mills, and my translation of what Cudley said about Davis Mills was that Davis Mills was going to play for the rest of the season because he gave him the best chance to lose and get a high draft pick. It's what I translated what Cudley was saying. Uh, but the defense was playing hard into that obviously bad call. Then after that bad call, I didn't see those guys playing that hard. Why are you going to put your body on a line with shenanigans like that going on? So it was a yeah. bad pick by me going, should it happen? What do you think, Chad? Yeah. I mean, the Houston defense is, you know, was, was struggling there. I mean, holes, holes were, were huge. And like you said, that was a huge motivational factor that you just talked about. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, moving forward with Houston, I mean, they're starting Davis Mills the rest of the year. I mean, we, we really, they're, they're tanking and, um, you know, they're going to have to be a team. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to cover many more games here the rest of this year. And well, how many, how many games ago that? Five, four, four, four. four. Yeah, I mean, I, I would expect Houston at best to be one and three against the spread in their last four. Yeah, usually at the end of the season is interesting. With teams that are tanking, might actually cover. Yeah, they'll, they'll get one. 
number of reasons, right? They already got the the slot they want, or you know, there's a grudge match between the coach or something. You know, they usually sort of last game of the season. So the actual real picking of games, but hey, the money's just a screening week number four. But the conventional kind of picking of games are going to be the next three weeks, right? Uh, Detroit plus nine under 42. I got both sides of that uh, wrong against uh, Denver that usually doesn't like to blow out teams. This is in altitude. Uh, It was a blowout from the beginning. This was a game that I needed, again, I'm making the same mistakes, right? So I won't make this mistake this time. I'm going to block out time, right? So I'm going to block out two hours where nobody can call me or talk to me. And I'm going to just fully uninterrupted think through all these games. So a lot of the Hawthorne effect has been not completely thinking through a game. And the element I missed is this is a, from statistics, a return to the mean game. Detroit has been covering for us a lot. We've been profitable with Detroit. Double-digit dog against a cheap team that's being sold. But I think Fangio is doing the best he can with that defense. And Bridgewater doesn't use any excuses. He won a state championship in Miami with a team that has holes on their field. I don't even think they have a weight room. So Teddy is used to being in this disadvantaged situation, and he played great, and I completely blew that. And I need to learn from my mistakes, block out two hours now, no interruptions, no calls, nothing. Make sure I've thought everything possible before putting my hard-earned $1,000 on each game, even though I'm up 100000 Yeah. It's just a brutal life we live in. Uh, let me see. Let me make sure that, that, that I looked at that right. Because I know Detroit didn't cover. What was the score of that game? 38-10. 48. So that game went. You're, you're right. We missed both sides. Yeah, we yeah. Okay, we'll go Chad and Scott. Yeah, you know, I think you totally hit it on the head with a return to the mean game um, on the side here. You know, I think Denver, you know, they showed – they played Kansas City really tough. They showed a really great run game. Um, you know, that Lions defense – Lions have kind of been playing over games, you know, against Minnesota. They um, Defense hasn't been super stout. They've showed that they can put some points up. So, you know, yeah, I, I just think 42 was – that was a pretty low number there. Um, we, we that we we should have returned to the mean. I think on on the over and on the Lions here, just covering the spread. So I I definitely think we we missed both both sides of this one. What are your thoughts, uh, Scott? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, Denver's game plan was was the perfect storm. They want to run the ball. They got to run the ball. Scored. Uh, got some big chunk yards with the run. Um. Detroit was just so – they were missing so many players because of COVID. Right. And they couldn't overcome it. And, go, you know, you go up to Denver in high altitude, 
in December where you're either going to get a really cold, snowy game or a nice, comfortable 60-degree day um, to play. Um, that's the advantage that Denver has in that, in that atmosphere and the mile-high situation. You know, Detroit hasn't been up there in seven, eight years. Most of those players have never played in that altitude right. in Detroit. So you have to factor that in too. When you got an NFC team going up there, it's very tough for them to to in the second half be able to be composed and breathe right and stuff like that. And it throws the teams off. And that's and that clearly was evident against Denver for Detroit Sunday. Right. Because because I, I just think that Detroit, with all the COVID issues and the unfamiliar surroundings, and Denver was running the ball really well. Melvin Gordon, great game. Javante, great game. Um, that Bridgewater didn't have to do a lot. He did just enough to, to, you know, for them to win. But I didn't see 38 for Denver. I didn't see 38 for Denver for sure. I saw, like, high 20s for them. So, bad pick. Bad pick. Uh, you know, Pat Trimmer. Former head coach is their offensive coordinator. His dad, former great coordinator in the NFL. Yep. Now, in this game, I did, and uh, I'm going to bring it up on the podcast. And I recommend you guys look at this because I'm automatically identifying cheap teams without backups and teams that are not putting Chad Nolan's on the practice squad because they don't want to pay the money. Right. Right. The, I mean, let's, it's just a big difference, right? Big difference intellectually and sometimes money wise. The Patriots have guys on their practice squads who are training to be pulled up against specific teams to win specific games. Then you have people like the Lions who don't even have all 19 practice squad players and have whatever stiff off the street they can get yeah. for the cheapest price. Yeah. They're not doing anything other than showing up. The Philadelphia Eagles cut one of their practice players by accident. They Once the guy's in the physical, uh, a secretary, there's not even a doctor, told the nurses there's a mismatch in the game. They they had the guy, they confiscated the guy's playbook. They shut down his locker, and they were giving him a physical just to check it off and get him on his way. They paid his plane ticket, and it was the wrong guy. All right? Versus uh, Patriots didn't know what they're doing. So... Colts, Giants, Jets, Lions. I'm automatically picking against them in the second half line. And that saved me from a zero in this game because they got the second half line in this game because the Lions are owned by the Ford family. They take their car business seriously, not the football team. Football team for them is a cash register. And again, they take a loan off the team for tax mitigation purposes, tax avoidance, that as liberal as Bernie Sanders is, who owns five houses, by the way, as liberal as Elizabeth Warren is, they got paid off and they haven't changed that loophole. I make money from that loophole, okay? 
I'm actually against it. I don't think it should be a loophole because of the way NFL owns an owner. But who the hell am I, right? All I do is use that information to pick games and act upon it. So my bankroll is higher by acting on the information I just gave you. She passed team, blown out second half lines, second half. Again, I made money on it again in the next game because you have one of the cheapo teams, the New York Giants, and they got beat in the second half. <laughs> the only thing I got beat by again that I need to learn from your mistakes. You got to learn from your mistakes. Judge, I don't know what he's doing. The man's crazy. Personally, I, I, I'm not a psychotherapist like Anna, but I think Anna or somebody needs to assess him because I think he's crazy. Second year in a row, he gets in a fight with an assistant coach. He punches him in the face. I mean, I'm 50 years old, you know. Unless somebody's attacking Chad at the club, uh, you know, trying to take his bankroll money and I'm fighting him until the cops get you. I'm not fighting anybody. So he's fighting people and he's doing fake punts and onside kicks in the second half to get these games over. So I'm going to have to pick the Giants over if he's going to do these shenanigans. We'll go Shad and Scott. Uh, I think we got pretty much what we missed was the under. New York team under, we got, right? Yeah, the Giants team under, yep. What, what was the Giants team under? Like 17 and a half. No, I think the Giants got 21. I think they yeah, went yeah. over. So we, yeah, so we missed. Oh, it did go over? Yeah. Yeah, they because they scored a couple late touchdowns. Right, right, over. right. So that's why they, but they weren't legitimate touchdowns. They were fake. No, punts. no. Yeah, right. Exactly. Fake punts, yeah. onside kicks, just weird stuff going on. Yep. So, so we're gonna have to go over or look hard at the over if he's gonna keep trying these these uh, bush league tricks being blown out. He did that against Dallas, right? The score was like forty-four three, and ended up fifty-one uh, twenty-four. On onside kicks, fake punts, what hooking uh, whatever. whatever. What Bush League tricks tell me is he knows they can't beat them straight up, so he has to go to the. But he's side. already beat though. He's down yeah. by forty points yeah. with ten minutes exactly. left in the fourth quarter. Exactly. He maybe uh, doing some Marines military stuff of uh, not quitting. I don't know. Don't quit. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Chad? <laughs> Yeah, man, this one was over, I think, all the way. We the, That style, I mean, the, the Giants' defense, too, right now, I just – low toll, you know, that, that one was low 40s, right? 43? 40, yeah, like we're getting these under average – under 45, you know, average right. – under the average score of games, you know, in an indoor environment like SoFi. Um, Lack you know, of execution at, on my part. Yeah, at this time of the year, yeah, that was that was a, we made a bad pick. That was an overpick all day. But what saved me too is I picked uh, automatic, automatic to the end of the year, maybe the last game of the season. With the Colts, Jets, Giants, and Lions, I'm automatically picking against them in the second half line. There was a question about that. Real intelligence, the situational intelligence. Gonna work hard on the ten. Early, I got time after this podcast. I'm gonna add stuff to the ten rules of Ben and Glossary. Uh, really, whatever this case with these guys, whatever the line is, pick 
the money line second half. Uh, this is my opinion on whoever they're playing. Uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay covered minus three late in overtime. Under 54. Now, this game, you know, confirmed that, I don't know personally, but as a football coach, based on my observation, it's like in the Bible, right, where my dad teaches, where the guy was being arguing with demons, and he was going, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. In the name of Paul, I rebuke you. And the demons go, we know who Paul is. We know who Jesus is. Who the hell are you? And the guy got destroyed, right? McDermott's trying to be Andy Reid. And he's trying to copy another man. And he needs to be his own man. He needs to know, like the people that uh, they were in my restaurant, they're not doing well with their own restaurant. It's their own restaurant. One's an Italian restaurant. I'm Cuban food, right? They're doing their own thing. He's trying to be Andy Reid. He's deep ball. He's either looking for another job or one of the worst offensive coordinators in the league. He has a decent offensive line. He has Manuel Sanders. He has Diggs. He needs a bigger back, but Singletary is doing well. So, uh, and we can talk about this, guys. We'll go Scott, then Chad. Uh, I was of the opinion that D-Ball having 15 scheduled runs for Josh Allen was a huge risk. I mean, risk mitigation because he's an MVP quarterback. He knows how to read defenses. He has a rocket arm. And if things break down, he can go get a first down with his legs. Bill Belichick's defense does not account for the quarterback. So all those design runs, use it against Belichick. Now, Monday night, you had bad weather. You had the wind on one side. So against Belichick, he does it three times. He tries to do it against Tampa Bay, and he severely hurts the man's ankle, right? Chad Nolan was all over it because he's like, Josh, are you saying upper level or lower level injury? I I feel so much better here in California. In Methland, Florida, I was hyperventilating. I almost needed to go to the hospital after going out on a jog. He messed up his ankle in the second half. You're not executing your running style, nothing doing that. Now you got a hurt ankle MVP quarterback, right? Uh, under 54. I kind of don't feel bad about it because the game was over at halftime. Todd Bowles, Arians, Brady, they all said, hey, these guys are not going to score enough points in the second half on us to win the game. So let's just play vanilla and let Josh Allen and all them do what they want. I figured the game were going to be closer. Most likely the game would have been closer and would have been under 54. So I really don't feel bad about that under 54. Right. We'll go Scott and Chad. No, and I think it was what, 24 to three at one point late right. in the second quarter or in halftime? Complete coaching. So I, yeah, totally. Um, Buffalo only knows one thing, and that's to throw the ball. 
and now Josh, they run Josh Allen so many times. Now he, his foot is killing him, right. and he's got a sprained foot. So um, I'm, I'm with you. I don't feel bad about this at all because I, I thought this game was going under, and even at 27-24 late in the game, I, I still thought Buffalo wasn't going to do anything, wasn't going to get down there, but Tampa's defense allowed them to, to get into field goal position. Uh, you know, and Brady knows how to beat Buffalo. He just does. He's 33 and three in his career against him. He knows how to beat him and what to do. And uh, he started out on fire and then he kind of cooled off. So uh, I don't feel bad about this at all. In, Not in at all. Language, what I said about Bellatrice and then yeah. when you panned, even when the game was tied, you panned at Tampa Bay sideline, everybody was laughing. And it's not because the quality of the players of Buffalo. There's some serious coaching issues in Buffalo. Chad Nolan. Yeah, man, I think – I mean, I, I don't feel too bad about this one either. Um, you know, this one, it took uh, Buffalo everything they had to get this one to send it to overtime. Um, you know, that 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 made the game go over. You know, Tampa Bay blew a huge lead. Um, but I, I think I think our thinking was right. Um, it just kind of, you know, if you're looking at it from the other side, if you had the over in this one, I think you're kind of lucky. I think you're, you're sitting there in the first – Oh, yeah. You know, three quarters of the right. game going off, sweating it, you know, then you're getting lucky praying for overtime. It happens, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I, I, like, I like these two picks. I think uh, Luck Becker just kind of worked against us and how uh, how Buffalo came back, tied it up. And yeah, definitely 20% uh, luck factor. They scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. And if you're a better now, Keep this in the back of your mind. Belichick against Brady in the Super Bowl. This, there's, there's a there's a path to that happening now. If the Patriots get the number one seed, so be be aware as we're coming down the home stretch here and into the playoffs, that if the Patriots are the number one seed and Tampa Bay is the one or two seed, those two guys will be on a mission to make sure that that game happens in the Super Bowl. So be aware because that's coming. And not because I'm up in New England, because it's uh, it's looking more and more like something like that. If if a referee made a bad call intentionally for that to happen, it makes the NFL profit. It is not illegal. Referees yeah, right. have a fiduciary responsibility to make decisions to make them money. Yep. It might yep. be unethical. It might be immoral. It might be being a bad person. But it's not illegal. They're not going to get locked up and put in jail for intentionally making a bad call to make the NFL money and to make a Brady, Belichick revenge Super Bowl, which their first game is still the highest rated game in the NFL. And what was the highest rated game in the NFL this year? Tampa Bay at New England back in week four. So now I'm being more thorough here. Because I want to get, I want to get 30. Let's go. Let's go 90 and 0. Let's go next three weeks. <laughs> 90 and 0. Right? That's the goal. Uh, team, cheap teams that don't want to play for backups. It's really fundamental analysis. I'm not even going to, you know, it's fundamental analysis. And we'll have, I'll make sure fundamental analysis. You have links to that. I'm going to add those links. I'm going to write it down. Add fundamental analysis. 
Now, corporate governance. Nagy is up to his level of incompetence. And let's look at the second, because I bet Packers, second half line. Packers, 24 to 3, second half line. Josh cashes. How many? Let's, let's see how many second half tickets I cash this week. One, two, three, four. So I'm four and one second half on these cheap-ass teams. Colts, Jets, Giants, Lions, Bears. There's no reason in God's green earth the Bears should not have covered 14 points, which we got it at, at a balloon line. They had, what, a punt return? Uh, they, had, they had all kinds of reasons. And they had plus one, right? They have plus one, which we showed you that video. Go to last week's video. I'm sure it's on YouTube of what plus one is. They have never really been stopped. Belichick and Satan field, and nobody can really win a national championship or a Super Bowl running against the quarterback, right? Like Johnny Manziel did. He's like, that's a one-off. So they let the quarterback run as much as they could. Let Fields run. Make this game close. It's a division game. It's a rival between the cities. You're f- do something for your fans, Nagy. And plus one feels all second half. Uh, you didn't do it. Plus 15. I don't feel bad about it. It's what should have happened. Despite Nagy, it was going to happen. And it was just a 20% luck factor. They didn't cover the plus 14. Uh, and we were all over 43 all day, every day. So... Uh, Shadden Scott. What what game are you on right now? The Bears and uh, Green oh. Bay. Yeah, that oh man. I mean, the Bears were up in this one. I really thought the Bears had a good chance to win this game. Um, I, we we switched to the over here right before the game. I called you. We nailed right. the nailed the total here. And I but, went on uh, Twitter too, and I gave it. I gave the video. But um, yeah, man, this was uh, another double-digit dog that, that didn't get it done, um, and they were right there. They really could have. Um, don't. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel as bad about this one as the Raiders. Um, that was a bad pick with the Raiders. We really missed that one. This one, um, I, I it, it could have went our way. It was, it was real close. Um, we were one play away. So um, when you're one play away, it can always be luck factor. Right. Well, you make that determination yourself. You got to be honest with yourself because we don't make it. This is a no excuse zone. You know, know, keep making excuses. You never learn. So I don't think we're making excuses here. Um, I'm glad that we got, we changed it to the over and I got the second half bet. So uh, two divided by three is 66%. Break even is 52.5%. So have fun watching the game, right? Value equation. Look at last week's video. Psychological factors high on me because I was laughing watching that game. And I don't drink much, but I also had a beer. Well, <laughs> as well. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, we had the over-under almost at halftime. It was 24-14 at halftime. So that you knew that was coming through. Right. Um, this coaching decisions for the Bears, it's, it's just puzzling at times. Times. It's just Nagy is just way over his head. You know, he's a he's a coach that's a uh, you know a dead man walking 
quote unquote, in terms of a coach, he's he's not going to be there next year. Obviously, uh, you know he has a, he has a I good offense. Remember, the team is being um, it's up for sale. Yeah, yeah. And when you sell something in business, what you want is cheap labor costs. Yeah. People yeah. even want to do their own research on that. Research a guy by the name of Stephen Story. Write that in Google and uh, Google the sale of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so I don't feel bad about this pick at all. I mean, uh, not at all. I, I just think it was one play away from, from us us uh, covering this, you know, spread. Right. So oh, exactly. That's my thoughts. What is, yeah. And we already had chat on that one. So last yeah. game was, uh, and thank you, the folks that informed me that Jalen Ramsey wasn't playing. Um, and then I did a Twitter video saying people overreact. People overestimate decisions. That's why the number one rule of betting is do not bet your own team. Another, some things are 100% in companies that I've looked at their books for 30 years. 100% of the time, sometimes including myself, the owner of the company or the CEO overpays himself, right? It's just human nature. So people overreacted to Jalen Ramsey not being there, right? Clingsbury uh, is a fraud. I shouldn't say that since I connected to him. <laughs> people that I know know him. And uh, might see him personally. But the reason I say that is that he hasn't had a winning season as a head coach. And he may hire me, man. Might not like me, but going to learn to love me. I'm the best thing going, as Rick Flair would say. Hire me, Clingsbury, because I would not have let you make the mistake of calling out DeAndre Hopkins, who should be a Hall of Fame wide receiver in public. You never do that. You do that behind closed doors. I don't care if you have five employees or you're an NFL coach. You keep that in-house. What you said about A.J. Green, while true and obvious, you don't say that to reporters. You keep it in-house. Even Urban Meyer, they're leaking what he's saying, Right? They're leaking what he is saying. And really, they should accurately describe it because he's calling people white trash. He's calling people N-bombs. He's telling him, people, hey, I'm the guy with the money. I'm the guy who gets fired, and I walk out of here with $60 million. You're the one that needs to stay in the lead. So it's an N-bomb to what the bleep I'm telling you. You're, you're, you're white trash. You're getting this opportunity in Jacksonville. And look at this film. Look at this film. You got Dooley D and Dooley Dumb. You got Dumb and Bomb, ghetto ass from the hood here, and you got white trash on display. That's how Urban Meyer's talking to people, right? And Clingsbury is doing this in public. No winning record, right? What does that tell Josh? That tells me the boy Wonder McVay and Raheem Morris Smartest guy in the NFL is Raheem Morris, but he lacks emotional control. 
He curses everybody out. That's why he's not a head coach. That's why he's not a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Because he was going to be head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. They wanted an African-American guy after George Floyd. The mayor's black. But he has too bad of an attitude to be a head coach. But brilliant defensive coordinator. A lot of pride. A lot of anger. Right? His anger, his intelligence, and his pride was not going to allow Arizona to do nothing last night. And they didn't do nothing last night, and I bet on, on it, and I won money on it. I would not regret it under 52 and ended up being uh, 30 to 23 late points. Uh, I got beat by Clinkberry being a college coach. If you can't score a touchdown, doesn't make sense for me to you to kick a field goal and try to get the onside kick. I think if College Bush League did not feel that bad about the under, I say 50-50, bad luck, bad pick, because it is a late season game with tired defensive players. And again, my final point, rush three, drop eight, confuse zone blitz. Uh, Arizona had 13 points. At halftime, zero points in the third quarter. And then garbage points late. Scott then chat. Bad pick or bad luck? Bad luck, first of all. Second of all, I'll give you two words. Cooper Cup. He never adjusted. Cup got off in the game. Kingsbury never adjusted to, to stopping him. Remember, both were an area. So, yeah. Yeah. Cooper Cup reading the defense. Stafford, I was impressed with Stafford yesterday mm-hmm. as far as he read that defense like a book. Now, is Vance Joseph playing a very simplistic defense? Because, again, the Bidwells, what are they famous for? Being cheap. Yeah. So, Vance Joseph could get more money as the Oklahoma Sooners or Auburn Tigers defensive coordinator than the Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator. Or he's looking at head coaching job. Regardless, Cooper Cup and Stafford read that defense like a book, and they were there all day. OBJ. When he's locked in and when he's not doing coke, we got to get – Hire a private detective. Hire me, man. McVeigh, hire me and me. I can do private detective work. I'll follow OBJ around, make sure he's not with models and coke. The way he got caught last time in New York. This is LA. He will be tempted. And people know how to get around things. But I was born in LA. Chad's a Southern California guy. But I'll, yeah. I'll do it with my people. We'll keep cocaine and hot ladies away from OBJ. But OBJ was reading the defense. It gave him a key. He had that shallow cross. His body looks good. And Vance Jefferson provides you that deep threat, right? Then a key play, right? When you read the play, zone, you go across to the sideline. Man, you go straight. OBJ read that, and he had that burst and, and – uh, he hurt his arm. He hurt his shoulder. You can tell him struggle, but Stafford hit him on it, and you can see Stafford's shoulders hurt. Did you see this? Yeah. Instead of 
bam. He see this, but I think he was happy. He's like, oh, my boy read the play. Bam, and he hit him. So what Kingsbury did for the Cardinals' ownership last night was, A, they're the number three seed in the NFC going from one to three. Right. And two, could have blown them millions of dollars because they're going to lose one or two home games in the playoffs, possibly. So he blew them millions, millions and billions. Of exactly. So, but the Rams the only, have games in their seven billion dollars game. Yeah, and the Rams are back within the game tough. now. So, right. If the Rams can keep winning and the Cardinals lose one game or maybe two, then the Rams will win that division, and the Cardinals will be on the road for the entire playoffs. So, you know, he you you blew losing billions of dollars in that in that thing. That's why McVay is a great coach because he. Could read these situations. Hey, if I beat the Cardinals tonight, I get back in the division. If I if I win one more game than them, I win the division and get one or two home games in the playoffs. So, you know, smart, smart man. McVay's in the Reed, John Gruden Mafia. He yep. John Gruden every single day. Daddy McVay was the president and general manager of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers with John McKay. Rich McKay is now the GM and president of your Atlanta Falcons, right? So this game plan you saw last night, instead of the Raiders having that game plan, the Rams had it. <laughs> and, and I don't feel... Being against the Kansas City Chiefs, this was Gruden and McVay's game plan against Vance Joseph, who can make more money as a college coach. So you know he's negotiating somewhere else. Yeah, and I don't feel bad about this pick at all. No. It took Arizona kicking a late field goal instead of going for the touchdown for it to go over. So now you got to look at the Rams, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Because they're going to get the refs' calls because they're building the dollars on the line. And remember, Adele is in Godfather Three kind of situation. Every time I'm trying to get out, they're trying to pull me back in. Yep. He tried to fire Gruden to to have everything, you know, have everything set up so he can retire. Boom, it blew up in his face. Now he has the lawsuit. He settled with St. Louis because he wants to not leave this to the next commissioner to become $750 million. He settled with St. Louis. They're not just going to give that money again away. Like Scott's point, they're going to figure out how to get, get that revenue. Me as an MBA, people, you know, clients, uh, net worth 50, 20 million. I have, I'm figuring out how this commercial real estate company is going to recoup that revenue, get ahead of it, and put money in my pocket by wagering the right team in the right situation, right? Like I did with the New Orleans, uh, LA championship game. Where New Orleans had the better team, but LA was building the stadium. Horrible PI. We'll go Chad and then Scott. Or have we have we exhausted? Yeah, Scott already went. You got just name, but yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you guys. I feel we. I mean, I kind of had a gut feeling the game was going to sneak over. Um, I thinking thinking it through, I stuck with the under and looking at how the game went. It really was, I mean, it was there the whole game. 
Um, you know, when the Rams scored those two quick touchdowns in the second half, I kind of had the feeling it was going to go over from that point. Um, but yeah, revenge game, revenge game angle here was, was, I mean, was perfect. I mean, the, the Rams, this was, this was a huge game and they came ready to play and game plan perfectly. And I mean, it was, it was their game all the way. And, and again, I'll say it, this is why they brought Stafford to LA for games like last night. That's why he's there. Uh, Cards are cheap, cheap team. Cardinals. Bidwell family. So I'm going to add them to the list of the second half line. With them, have a little bit of a caveat because uh, the air raid, the flavor of the air raid they have, it, it does keep their defense fresh. But they were beaten 17-10 in the second half by the Rams. Really great coaching job by McVay because McVay doesn't have a running back. Imagine Cam Akers back there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So great job coaching. Uh, I always feel so much better. There's no way we're any close to the percentage we have if we didn't execute the Hawthorne effect and really humiliate ourselves, make ourselves feel bad. Um, salesmen think short-term, businessmen and women think long-term. So this is a real long-term approach and differentiating that 20% luck factor, right? 20% luck factor in probability theory, they describe it as the surgeon did a perfect surgery, but the patient died, right? Even though patients die, surgeons, because it's their job, they're kind of, you know, cruel about that. Hey, I did everything that's under my control. Yes or no. So going through that process in detail has netted us over 700 grand, but we have four weeks left. Uh, Chad and I are working hard on the bowl season. We want to get it that to 80%. And then we got the playoffs. Then college basketball. Final words, Scott and Chad. For I'm just going to leave uh, with this. Start watching trends. Start watching coaching matchups like a Tomlin against a, a Salah of the Jets. The mismatches, they're right. going to show through even more now down the stretch here with teams are fighting for playoff spots. So watch those trends that are that are, are going to start to pop up here in the last four weeks because NFL playoff spots are at stake right now. There's a lot of teams still looking to make the playoff. So right. look at those mostly. Again, Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Some teams are in playoff positions who do not want to make the playoffs because they don't want to pay travel costs versus other teams that do. Another service we provide, we keep track of things, right? So you got a game Thursday night and you have three games on Saturday. And college bowl games. I encourage everybody to bet equal amounts on our Saturday picks. Chad Nolan. Yeah, man, I'm just ready for another good week. I think that was a, uh, a good show. I really kind of saw trends and saw where my thinking was wrong, and I think we can, can take it into this week and make some good improvements. Yeah, I don't want my clients to say think. I know. I know we are. And, hey, we got 30 uh, – present value, right, is what is the value of what's going to happen in the future. 
the present value of tomorrow's podcast is 30 straight weeks of profit and over $100,000 in profit, college and pro. But as Winston Churchill said, you make a living from it. You always make more from giving than getting. Scott triggered one memory last week. I won a huge wager and I bet and I tipped the cashier a hundred bucks. I mean, another wager I thought I pushed. And the way in the in the cashier says, Hey man, look at your ticket. Two thousand dollars I won because the cashier without telling me put a half a point. So I give the cashier a hundred bucks, I made two thousand. Not religion or philosophy. You always make more money by giving. The, that's why all these these picks are free. You do not have to pay Action Sports three hundred dollars. You do not have to pay Big Cat or whoever from Barstool sixty nine. He's now charging sixty nine. I think because of this podcast, the price has gone down. He's sixty nine dollars now. He's charging for picks. All of ours are free because Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why I wear good shoes and I roll my butt and I get a limousine.